0: And I want to talk about the fire of God this morning, uh, ultimately, and... So, but we're going to take a while to get there. Can I just? I just found this fascinating. I was I was uh, reading this passage, Matthew twenty four, in the Passion translation, which is uh, perhaps in places more of a paraphrase than a translation, but it does give us interesting things to look at. Okay, so I'm going to read it in there. You can follow it in Matthew twenty four, whatever version you're in, and you're going to get fairly similar stuff. And I'm going to just because it's a long passage, I'm going to pick out a few phrases. But if I just find this such a description of where we're at. And it's Jesus talking about the end times. Okay, and the disciples have said in verse... Oh, got the wrong glasses on. The disciples have said in verse... <sighs> about three, something like that, in Matthew 24. Tell us, when will these things happen? What supernatural signs should we expect to signal your coming and the completion of this age? Then verse... says Jesus says at that time deception will run rampant so beware that you're not fooled for many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying about themselves I am God's anointed and they'll lead many astray you'll hear of wars nearby and revolutions on every side with more rumors of wars to come don't panic everybody say don't panic Don't panic, Mr. Mannering. Don't panic or give in to your fears. Fear is something we can give in to. There's a great question. God, you could preach all morning on that, couldn't you? Uh, For the breaking apart of the world's systems is destined to happen. Everybody say, wow. Say it backwards. Yeah, there you go. But it won't yet be the end. It will still be unfolding. Nations will go to war against each other and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be terrible earthquakes, seismic events of epic proportions, horrible epidemics and famines in place after place. Listen at what Jesus says is happening when that's going on. This is how the first contractions and birth pains of the new age will begin. With horrible epidemics and wars and earthquakes and he goes on are you ready for your fridge magnet here it is you can expect to be persecuted even killed for you will be hated by all the nations because of your love for me I want to get your posture right you're not we're not here to be nice church right anybody there's a fire that burns in me that the world can't touch how about you right Many will stop following me and fall away. They'll betray one another and hate one another. Um, There will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. But he goes on to talk about the gospel being shared around the world. Anybody feel that there's something in that for where we're at in the world right now? And Jesus calls them birth pains. There's birth pains going on around the world right now in the great upheaval, and um, <laughs> I, I, I've been in bed for the last two weeks. And apart from feeling, you know, miserable, I've been unwell. Uh, apart from feeling, you know, a, a little bit miserable. Anybody ever get miserable when you're unwell? Just me, thank you. I need my mum here. She normally helps me. To Sue, you're going to have to stand in. My mother-in-law is here. That will have to do. Um, uh, you know, you get. I, I've watched so many box sets. so boring but then you know as I've been kind of climbing out of the gloom of feeling uh, grumpy and you know then you feel a bit better and by 11 o'clock you go oh no I'm not and you're back to bed again anybody gone through that lately but in 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 this time I've also been 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 blessed to to talk to prophetic people and and look at what's happening prophetically um, uh, around the world and what people are saying for 2022 and um uh (laughs) <laughs> it looks like storms are going to continue I don't think you even need to be a prophet to see that societal upheaval is going to continue government overreach is going to continue uh, shaking is going to continue the squeezing anybody been sensing the squeezing of a cleansing of God in our lives how does he do that? by just showing us how really we're not like him right I mean, you know, here we are, and we can go, I'm, I'm 10, 20, 30, 40 decades into walking with God, and sometimes I feel as lowly and as sinful, as miserable as before I started. Anybody in the room? Thank you. Just Janice and I oh, and Janice as well, and Hazel as well, three honest people. Because God's saying, come on, I need to. It's all to do with promotion. I need to lift you to a new place in me. But just like Jesus promised, (laughs) the birth pangs, the persecution, the difficulties will continue because God is giving birth to something. There's a shaking going on in the world. So rather than go, please God, stop the shaking and can you just put everything back to 2019? I sat in Costa Coffee here, I don't know, two days ago. And I looked out the window, everybody walking past in masks. And I thought, it's, it's, it's never going to come back like it was. It isn't, you know. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but we're not going back to 2019. So we've got some decisions to make. Government overreach, the stuff going on, you know, the unvaccinated can't come to church. Things It hasn't hit our nation yet, and it may never. I pray it doesn't. wouldn't surprise me if it hit Wales, but, you know. I was speaking as a Welshman. Anyway, these are difficult times, right? Do you know that uh, before the pandemic began, some of the prophets were prophesying, specifically this phrase, it's going to be a time of dragon fires versus revival fires. And have you noticed how many even secular news companies are portraying what's happening with government overreach in the world as a dragon? It's almost communistic. And the amount of um, wicked regimes that have ridden the back of of medical and pure medical um, uh, purifying uh, and cleansing of societies is, has birthed some of the worst regimes in the world that has killed multiple millions of people. So we need to be careful at this time. But but I'm doing all this not to make you feel miserable because you know I I. I I know we all are in different places. It's really interesting, you know, even the church, even in this country might begin to struggle. We've never had a thing where we have left-wing churches and right-wing churches in this country. America does. We have to stand against that, because we're family. Wherever you stand on vaccination, or masks, or lockdowns, or what are the other ones? Brexit, or come on, you name them. If you love Corbyn, I mean, God help you, but I love you still, right? (laughs) Uh, If you love Boris, God help us all, right? Um, You know, wherever you stand, we're family first. We're primarily of the kingdom of God, right? Wherever we stand politically. But the danger is there are some nations where the church has gone and they gather in left wing or right wing. But I believe we're kingdom. And you see, uh, some of the, the great... You've got to remember everything Jesus did and all the glories of the early church were done under Roman occupation, So there's a fire that the world can't touch if we learn to walk properly in difficult storms and shaking times. See, revival fires versus, sorry, dragon fires versus revival fires. The thing that needs to rise up in this time is the fire of the church of the living God. I believe the church, church has been decimated in this time. I mean, again, I'm talking to pastor after pastor who has a, a small percentage of the amount of people in their churches than there were. People are falling away in droves. And what's even scarier is pastors are falling away in droves. We have a massive fight on our hands, and I don't want to downplay it because it is a shaking time. And so I want to, what I want to say to you this morning, I'm getting to my point. Are you ready for it? In the season to come, only the radical will win. It might be a remnant, but it has to be a radical remnant, radical fire, radical Bible believing, radical prayer, radical friendship, radical love, radical unity. What is going to happen in this coming time in the midst of the shaking, the radicals will win while the nominals will fall away. There will be a great falling away in this time, but my challenge to you this morning is, decide in the midst of the shaking, I will be one of the radical ones. I am not gonna bow down to the ungodly. I am gonna, if I find myself in a fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and one other who is like a son of the gods, then that's where I'll be. But listen, it is time to nail your colors to the mast and choose that if Jesus is real, then I'm going after him. C.S. Lewis said Jesus is either mad, bad, or he is the Messiah. Make a choice, because consumerist, comfortable Christianity will not win out. Your heart will grow cold. Once a month attendance in church, you will grow cold, and you will not be walking with God in 20 years' time. But if you choose to live a radical life running after the things of God, if you choose that the Bible is God's word, C.S. Lewis said the Bible is either completely crazy and irrelevant or it is the most important book in the world. Which is it to you? Because the season to come, the radicals are going to win. So how are you going to spend the rest of your life? Come on, somebody. Growl at someone near you. The season ahead. The era ahead is for those that choose to be radical. I know no greater passage. Should we take church back to its very beginning? Acts chapter 2. Because if we want to find out how we're going to do radical, we've got to go there. Acts chapter 2. Are you with me? Come on, open it up. Acts 2. And um, we'll just do kind of verse 42 for time. But I'd, I'd recommend this week, read Acts chapter 2 in your personal devotional time. Acts 2.42. So there's been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then this is, this is d- the resulting culture, right? It says, you know it well, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Everybody say apostles' teaching. Apostles teaching. So deception was a real issue. I mean, I... I, I uh, I watch a lot of Christians on social media. Some Christians are idiots. Do not get your theology from YouTube unless it's my channel. (laughs) People say daft, crazy, stupid things. And you know, they argue with me on Facebook. Have you noticed? You gotta understand, I don't even read the comments. They're arguing with themselves. But people write comments And you can tell, you're not even reading the Bible. You're reading your political preference or your opinion on something. Listen, deception matters. Say it, deception matters. Because if not, you might not be here in 20 years' time. You get to heaven and go, I wasted my time. I pray you'll scrape in as if by fire. But you might stand there going, I missed it because of offense. I missed it because of persecution. I missed it because my heart... It doesn't go cold, it grows cold. That's the scary thing, right? I see it in me sometimes. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Hey, it's only a few degrees off, but you're growing. Cold. The the, the attendance, the the, the love of prayer, the love of the Bible, the the being together with other believers slowly goes. It It goes from three times a week to once a week to once a fortnight to once a month will do. Hey, I can know Jesus in my everyday. And like a coal lifted out from the fire, it slowly goes cold. Beware deception. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. Let's stop there. It, you know it. It's, it's, it's awesome. Okay, so can I take five things? Oh boy, are we going to do it? Yeah, we'll do it. I want to take five things from Acts chapter 2 as a whole, because I'm going to assume lots of you are really well read, because I think I've got the radical remnant in the room, right? All the other ones have just turned over in bed this morning, or gone for a walk, or or gone horse riding. No, I'm not jealous. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, so five things from from Acts, if we're going to be radical. There's five things that they had, and we're going to look at it spiritually, theologically, uh, sociologically, even anthropologically. What was going on in their culture at the time that helped them have this sense of radical fire in their lives? Number one, it's really obvious. You go to the beginning of the chapter, there was an outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit. My question to you this morning, come on Pentecostals, can we have that today? Really? Three of you? I'm in a Pentecostal church and it's like a Presbyterian church. How many? Can we have it? yeah. Yes, we can. isn't, Isn't it crazy to think, here is this powerful dynamic that set these feeble disciples alight And we fill half of our time. Well, we're happy to sing our songs and listen to our three-point sermons. And nobody clears the deck and says, where is the God of Elijah? Where's the fire? Where's the power? Where's the... It says, I I haven't got time to go through it, but you read Acts chapter 2. It says they were bewildered. They were perplexed. They were amazed. People made fun of them. They thought they were drunk with wine. Something was going on in the room because the power of the Holy Spirit had hit their lives. Question, can we have that today? So we're not lacking that. We might be lacking focus or intentionality about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But that's what our Wednesday nights, the 714 meeting is for. Uh, I'm going to make it this week. I've been off the last two weeks lying in bed, feeling miserable for myself while you're enjoying yourself. I am going to be there this Wednesday, and we are having an outpouring. Because of Acts chapter 2, you can book an outpouring whenever you want. You can have one on your own. Might need to help you with that sometime. You can have an outpouring on your own any moment, any day. You can also have an outpouring together in your home with a group of people. We can book it on 7.14 on a Wednesday night. We can have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Or anybody want to be with me? Because I tell you what, if you're going to get through the next 10 years, you're going to need fire in your belly. Something that's burning brighter than dragon fires is going to have to burn in you. So first one, tick. We've got it, right? We're Pentecostals. We believe in this stuff. Her. Second one was, and this is more psychological. Think of it. The radical remnant of those disciples were in the first wave of a new thing. And isn't it exciting to be in the first wave of a new thing? Have you ever been in the first wave of anything new? The setting of a new school or a new business or a new church or a new church department or just something? Aren't new things nice They brighten the eyes. Everybody's um, attention gets grabbed by it again. People begin to serve and sacrifice because new is exciting. They were in the first flush. Now, I think they'd been through a traumatic time, had they not? Right? They followed Jesus for three years. That was hard enough. Then Jesus died. That was terrible. None of them virtually were at the cross when he died. They'd all scarpered and were sitting around miserable watching box sets just like me. But then... He he begins to appear to hundreds of them. And even of the hundreds he appeared to, only 120 turned up in that upper room. Isn't it interesting how easy it is to grow cold? Do you want to be in the remnant or not? (sighs) And listen, they're in that upper room in lockdown. In a world filled with political difficulty, Roman occupation, We think revival means everything's going to be easy. I'm going to agree with everything politically going. People are only ever going to be nice to me. No. The greatest, most radical moves of God happen in the midst of wild political upheaval. They happen in the midst of persecution and pain. Let's stop looking for happy. Let's start looking for kingdom. Anybody? Both of you. (laughs) They've been through this trauma, grief, pain, They had a choice in that upper room. Work with me. Was it going to be an end or was it going to be a beginning? And I'm asking the same thing of every one of you in the room and me too. So, Jared, are you going to keep grieving the end or are you going to declare, no, it's a new beginning? Come on because you have a completely different heart state the grieving end of life as it was we can sit living in that or we can say no I believe these are the birth pangs of something in God taking place if you've read my book 500 you will know we are alive at a pivot point in history it is no surprise I said it three years ago that great upheaval is taking place in the world right now because we are alive at a pivot point in history we have a choice to make is it going to be the end of you or the beginning of a great new era in your life which shall it be they're a perspective aren't they the the caterpillar turns into a butterfly in a I always forget cocoon P- chrysalis that's the word in a chrysalis and I heard someone else do this sermon it's a great point I just think it sums up today you know you would think if you take the, the chrysalis Part way through its journey from caterpillar to butterfly, that you'd find a caterpillar with kind of half-developed wings in it, wouldn't you? But apparently you don't. Have you heard this sermon before? What do you find? Caterpillar mush. In other words, it all breaks down into nothingness before beauty begins. Anybody feel like they're in the mush right now? Come on, whisper to the person next to you, "mush, mush. Come on, mush, mush. It's all a bit mushy. Vicky doesn't like mushy peas. She goes for garden peas. I, I like mushy peas, but I don't like mushy times. I like definition. I want to see the beautiful wings forming. Anybody? So right now, I don't know about you, I have a great propensity to grumpiness at the moment. Is anybody on my planet? I refuse to pretend that I'm, I, I'm steady and everything's okay. I'm struggling with this season because everything is mush. So I have to make a daily choice, sometimes multiple times a day, no, this is the beginning of something. And that comes with a flush of excitement and sacrifice and commitment if you really believe it's the beginning of something. If you really believe it, we're going to pray our way into something. We're going to behave our way into something. We are willing, they were willing in the book of Acts to adjust their diaries, adjust their plans, adjust their life, hopes and dreams because they realize something has come along that I didn't expect, but it's Jesus. And therefore I'm running after it and I'm gunning after it with everything within me to run after the things of God. Choose that this is the beginning of a great new day in your life. Get the grieving over with. There is a time to stop grieving. Jared, there's a time to stop grieving. We're at the beginning of something powerful and new. Amen? Um, So the first one, we can have the outpouring. The second one, we can choose. It's a new day. Maybe in Revive, we need to start using new day language. It's a new day. Things aren't what they were, I know. Please don't talk to me too much about it. I probably feel miserable about the church more than any of you do. But I am believing miracles are emerging in this time. It might feel like mush, but wings are on the way. Wings are on the way. Amen, somebody? Here's my third point from this. And this is this is really important because... We've got the outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's significant. We've got the fresh air of a new day beginning, which we need to begin to push ourselves into as a church. It's a new day. Let's stop hankering back and look forward. Here's the third thing. The outpouring of the Spirit came and was poured into a Mediterranean culture. Now, that's actually really significant. I grew up in a Mediterranean culture. Do you know what? We had no house groups. You didn't need them. Because Mediterranean culture is hyper-connected. You're going to hate me when I say this. But for six months of the year, the whole church would meet down the beach every afternoon of the week. There were months when you weren't on a very long school holiday because it was hot. Most of your uh, uh, spring and autumn, you would only do half days. So you finished school at midday. Anybody like the sound of that? Right? (laughs) And what did we all do? Well, I would go and play squash. That's why I can beat anybody in this church at squash. He lied. Um, And then I'd head down the beach. And the church had a spot on the beach that that was ours. It's where we met. At any one time, you would find 10, 20, 30, 40, 70, 80 people on the beach, Bibles open, talking theology, eating food, going for swims, it's a Mediterranean culture. So no wonder it says they broke bread in their homes. No wonder it says they devoted, they were radical about fellowship. It's completely natural to that culture that they were hyper-connected, not fragmented. Here's the difficulty of my third point. This is more of a challenge to us. We live in a highly fragmented world in the West. We, 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 we go to church but don't always make friends. And that matters to the m- radical move of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit might be poured out from heaven, but is sustained in our relationships. Yeah. Who knows, you can go to church and be lonely. And the tri- the reality is, the bigger the group, the bigger the crowd, the lonelier it gets. Do you know, sociologically and psychologically, the bigger the crowd, the slower it becomes to make friends. Not quicker slower. If you enter a room with 20 people in it, you're quickly going to have conversation and make friends. When you get a crowd of over 50 or 60, you're in a room now where everybody presumes that somebody else is talking to you. And, and so it's possible to come to church for weeks and nobody even says hello. <clears throat> I was chatting to Rachel Hickson. Some of you will know Rachel Hickson uh, just, just the other day. And she's felt, and it just lines up with everything I've felt, that radical, Intimacy, radical friendship, radical fellowship has to be the future, or this will not be around in 20 years' time. Certainly, this will not become that. What do I mean by that? This model of church will not sustain anything of a revival or a move of God that impacts a nation. Something has to happen. We need to become connected. I was talking to Rachel uh, about this. And she was talking about the fact that she started doing events with some of the groups that she connects with. And she said, we, we, we sat and we just said, somehow we have to get intimate with people. And they decided that, uh, they were discussing it. Well, should we maybe cap everything at 100 people? And then they argued it down to 75. And they argued it right down to 50. She said, the only way that we're really going to get everybody talking with everybody is if we just don't allow more than 50 people in the room. Otherwise, it becomes an event and not family. And so she held her first event about a month ago with only 50 people there. And her as the leader managed to talk to every single person there and prayed with every single person there. And listen to this. A man who's in his 50s, a very influential man was there with his wife. And he, she sat and she took communion with them and prayed for them. And at the end of the time together, this man was weeping like a baby. And she said, what's wrong? He said, I've been to church for 17 years and that's the first time anybody's ever prayed for me. That's when the crowd goes wrong. The reason the fire continued is because it was poured into a hyper-connected Mediterranean society where friendships and intergenerational love and being in each other's homes and the table mattered more than the pulpit. As Andrew talked about that here, his, his, his talk on the table is incredible. We need to build church around tables, not pulpits. And I'm going to say... I think probably by the time we get to next year, some of you will dislike some of the things that we are going to do. But we have to become friends first and church attenders second. We have to become interconnected. We have to become people who run together in the things of God. You have to know more than the back of the head of the person in front of you. It's not enough to listen to me. I want to hear you. It's not enough for us to just... I I remember talking to someone who'd been to this church for 30 years. And this person said, you know, I was talking about prophecy. And I said, what prophecies have you had? And this person said, I've never had a prophecy. I said, You've been coming to a Pentecostal church for 30 years. And no one has ever given you a prophecy. Something's wrong. With the church. Can we fix it? But will we need to be radical to fix it? Because we have to recognize this is not church. This is a celebration of church. We sing, we pray, you listen to me, then because of COVID, everybody scarpers as quick as possible. If we don't get intimate, we will never sustain a move of God. Go wherever you want, but as far as I'm concerned, I exist on the earth to figure out how do we get the church blazing with the fire of heaven to impact parliament, education, medicine, media. How do we do this sustainably? It will not come through fragmented people who come and sit and look at the head of the person in front and let the worship leader lead us through a few songs and the preacher give us his best talk possible. It does something But it's a snack, it's not a meal. And that's why this never becomes that. This can never become revival. What we're doing right now, we'll be out in six minutes. That will never become revival. We're kidding ourselves. I'm running out of time. (laughs) but (laughs) My fourth point is that the outpouring of the Spirit, the fire of God was poured into a temple and synagogue culture. In other words, it was, it was poured into a culture that already knew we pray daily. We gather in different ways, in different points through the day and through the week. And we have Sabbath and we gather weekly. Spirituality was part of the culture that could sustain the fire. Where do we find ourselves? Well, we find ourselves in a culture. Look at the guys going up and down out the back there. Give them a wave, look. They're beeping away out the back. Fixing the Christmas light. Oh, they're putting a banner up. Um, What am I saying? (laughs) Jim, I went to a Pentecostal church in the 70s where there was a Sunday morning service, maybe 500, 600 people there. Then in the afternoon... They would bus children from all over the valleys of Wales, because where I was born, and you'd have five or six—no, maybe four or five hundred children in the church all afternoon. I think the parents, nod, nod, wink, wink, were happy to send them off for a couple of hours. Sunday afternoon was the thing, right? But this means there was there was in this nation. For some of you that are newer to the nation, there was a Sunday school culture. It disappeared. There was a I go to church on Sunday culture. Some of you still have it, but you are becoming rarer, radical animals in the world of spirituality in our nation. So what the Holy Spirit has poured out to in our context is a consumerist, busy, working longer hours than ever before. Would you believe it that in the 80s, the people that talk about what the future is going to be like were saying we'll all be working 20 hours a week. (laughs) How wrong could you be? People are working 40, 50, 60, 70 plus hours a week and then trying to recover through endless leisure and pleasure. And the reality is spiritual psychologists would say this generation doesn't even have the time for spirituality. This will never equal that. What we are living as now will never become revival unless there's a radical remnant to say this is important to me. That the kingdom of God comes in our nation that we're going to lose the Queen pretty soon. We're going to lose a Christian head of this nation that at least speaks the gospel out once a year at Christmas, that at least stands for the values. It was a news item. She didn't go to church one Sunday. That generation's going. How will this generation stand? We are not poured into a temple culture anymore, it's gone. So how will we sustain a move of God in our nation unless we decide I'm going to be countercultural? I'm going to choose to give my time to the presence of God and the people of God to carry the power of God to a hurting world. I will give my time. The radical remnant will thrive in this time while the nominal will not be here in 10 years' time. I guarantee it. People that can't stand a bit of persecution. And persecution is not a few negative comments on Facebook. I mean real persecution. Who are we going to be with our lives? It just so happened that the outpouring of the Spirit into that temple and synagogue culture enable you know they carried on a lot of their messianic spirituality jesus spirituality they carried it right alongside the jews no wonder jews were getting saved left right and center we don't have that we're in a culture now where we think we're committed because because we tithe and well done we go to church once every three weeks i've got leaders that come to church once a month they are never going to carry revival It's probably not going to last that long in the church either because I need leaders who are going to walk with God. But we've fallen for a culture that will not sustain a radical fire that will counter the dragon fires of this world. I'm looking for a remnant. God's looking, more importantly, for a remnant. It could be the most exciting time of our lives if we say, that's it, we're going for it. You know, stuff. Stuffed mortgages, stuff, stuff box sets, unless you've got the flu. <laughs> Could be the most joy-filled time. Filled with the fires of heaven. Instead of rocking around on this ship that is tossed to and fro on the waves. Governments changing their mind every three minutes. Science that can't agree on anything. We need God. We need a fire that the world can't touch anybody. The last thing, the fifth point, is that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was poured into a Jewish nation that was under Roman occupation, which is bad. But God decided, I'm going to make the most of it. The Romans are really good at road building. If I want to get the gospel out quick, I will allow Rome to invade Jerusalem and build all those straight roads out into the known world. Why did the gospel spread so quickly? God was using what man thought was bad. God said, tolerate the political weirdness. Tolerate the fact that you're under oppression. But you're not under heaven's oppression. You're under heaven's power. We're going to use those straight roads. Listen, you have a straight road into work tomorrow morning. You have a straight road to your family this afternoon. You have a straight road into places of influence. You have a straight road into the internet. You can reach the world from your living room right now. We have straight roads built. So this is an easy one. Tick. We got it. We can take the fire right now. We need to work on the intimacy. We need to work on how much time we come together to encounter God which is why we want to take Revive to a place where it's somewhere that is open seven days a week to pray when you can, to seek God when you can, to eat food when you can, to hang out when you can. I want to find us a place that's not open for two hours on a Sunday, but where the doors never shut and the lights never go out so that the kingdom of God fits the lifestyle of the modern world and we can encounter God Tuesday afternoon, three o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday, and yes, on a Sunday too. We need to redesign church for the world that we're living in. We need to create a new temple and synagogue culture, and it has to be in the world that we live in with all the shifts and the different work patterns we have to do develop a church that says anytime you will find the presence of God and you will find friendship and food if you come to this place that's where we're heading people I know of no other way to do it because otherwise this will never equal that and I don't want to be caught pretending that it will so you ready for a journey radical remnant